Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. This is the story of the world's first bubble gum. Let's be clear here, food buffs. Today we're talking about the world's first bubble gum, not the world's first chewing gum, because that would take us much further back in time. Chewing gum is one thing. Bubble gum is another. The difference is that bubble gum is a bit thicker, allowing it to be blown into large bubbles before popping. Anyone who is in their 20s or upwards of that will have fond memories of this bubble gum. It's pink, and it comes with a little cartoon in the wrapper. Let's double up and say it together, okay, Fakri? One, two, three. It's double bubble! In 1885, Frank Fleer took over his father-in-law's company and renamed it Fleer & Company. Under his father-in-law, the company had made flavoring extracts. But when Frank took over, he focused the company on making gum. Frank had an interest in gum. In 1906, he succeeded in making a bubblegum formula. He called it Blibber Blubber Gum. You could make great bubbles with Blibber Blubber Gum. But when it burst, it got all over your face, and it was so sticky that it was really hard to get off. So Frank's Blibber Blubber was a failed product, and he never managed to produce a bubble gum good enough to sell. But he did make a successful product. According to a professor of anthropology, Dr. Jennifer P. Matthews, Frank and his brother were the inventors of chiclets. Chiclets were the first candy-coated gum. The name chiclets was derived from chicle, which is a natural gum used in chewing gum. You've probably heard of chiclets. They were quite popular. In 1909, Fleer and Company was sold to the Sensen Company, which was then renamed as the Sensen Chiclet Company and purchased by the American Chiclet Company in 1914. The chiclets candy coating kept the gum fresh for longer and allowed chiclets to be shipped internationally, making them a huge success for the company. At this point, Frank started the Frank H. Fleer Corporation, which would eventually create the bubble gum that Frank Fleer had spent years trying to make. Frank died in 1921, and his son-in-law, Gilbert Muston, eventually took over the company. Gilbert continued his father-in-law's experimentation with gum. Here, the story is unclear. We only found one detailed account of what happens next. According to the book titled It Happened in Philadelphia, Gilbert had a small lab. He used it to work on making a gum base. He wanted the company to make its own gum base instead of buying it to save company money. His lab happened to be set up next to an accountant's office on the third floor. The office belonged to the accountant, Walter Dimer. On one fateful day, Gilbert asked Walter to watch over his boiling gum concoction while he went to answer the phone. Walter Dimer watched over the gum concoction and became very interested in it. He thought about the failed blibber blubber gum and began to use his spare time to try and make a successful bubble gum. Eventually, in just a few months, he came up with a recipe for bubblegum that was delicious and elastic enough to be blown into bubbles. Latex was an important ingredient to his recipe. The one problem with the recipe was that it created a gum that was an ugly gray color, so they added food coloring. 
when the company made a large batch to sell, they only had pink food coloring in stock, so that's what they used. The color stuck, and now when we think of bubblegum, we immediately think of it as being pink. It really could have been any color. In 1928, the Frank H. Fleer Corporation tested the market by delivering their new Double Bubble Bubblegum product to a few local stores. According to the book, Walter Dimer personally went to these stores and demonstrated bubblegum blowing. And when sales expanded, salesmen were taught how to blow impressive bubbles to help convince stores to sell Double Bubble. One piece cost only a penny. So even during the difficult financial times of the 1930s, people were able to buy Double Bubble as a treat. I like Double Bubble Gum. It's just a, a treat that, you know, kids, uh, if, they're, if they're good, maybe they'll get a piece of gum when you're at the store with mom and dad or something like that. So let's start by having you introduce yourself. My name's Bob Conway. Actually, I work as a, a printer. I do printing, but collecting bubblegum comics is something I do as a hobby. It was in the 1930s that Double Bubble added the iconic comic strip inside the gum wrapper. They're probably the first gum company that included little comics wrapped around the gum. The very first comic strips featured the Double Bubble twins, named Dub and Bub. Still in the 1930s, the company replaced Dub and Bub with stick figures. Then in the 1950s, they replaced the stick figures with a character named Pud and his friends. Pud was created by the artist Ray Thompson, who drew hundreds of the Double Bubble comic strips. In the 1960s, the cartoonists slimmed down Pud to give him a more modern appearance. So can you tell us about your collection? I probably have uh, several thousand. <laughs> These comic strips were called the Fleer Funnies. There are over 1,000 unique comic strips. Each comic strip is numbered, so it's easy to keep track of which ones you have and which ones you're missing. The early ones were larger and in full color. So what is the process that you go through to find the Fleer Funnies? The best way is eBay. That's, I think, where I've gotten the bulk of them. Prior to the internet, um, it was extremely difficult to find them. Maybe antique shops or old comic shops. And how much do they usually cost? It can vary. I, I've seen some of them from the 1940s go for mm, anywhere approximately $10 each. The ones from the 1960s and more recently, uh, maybe 25 cents each. What was the most expensive one that you ever bought? I actually did get in a bidding war once <laughs> with somebody on eBay. Just for whatever reason, they were determined to get it. I may have paid about $10 for it. Do you have any of your strips uh, nearby right now? I'd love if you could read one out for us. Oh, that's okay. Here's one. Sis is asking Pud, what happened to your, to your cheek? Did you have an accident? And Pud says, no, a bee stung me. Well, that's an accident, says Sis. Accident nothing. The darn thing meant it. That's the type <laughs> of humor. <laughs> that's not the head. Did you use double bubble ever? Um... Honestly, I used a lot of juicy fruit. Oh no no no! Um, what's juicy the one? Juicy fruit. No, I forgot about that. Not those. juicy fruit. It's the one with like the zebra stripes on it. Um, oh oh oh! Um, spearmint? No 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 no! no. I'm talking like the zebra stripes, and it had four different colors. It was oh, like four different colors. Yeah, that I don't know then. I might have to look that up right now. Do you mind? Okay, please okay. look it up. Gum with zebra 
Stripes. Fruit Stripe. Yeah. Fruit that Stripe. It, okay. It's called Fruit Stripe. Yeah. So as a kid, I loved Fruit Stripe, but the terrible thing about it was you would chew it for a minute and then all the flavor would go away. I have never had that. Maybe it's an American thing, but I grew up with Fruit Stripes. And then of course, Chiclets or Chiclets or Chicles uh, were very commonly used by kind of the older generation growing up. So my grandma always had Chiclets in her purse. Did you ever have bubble tape? Bubble tape, yeah. I remember we used to always get double bubble in class because it was like the cheapest bubble gum possible. And I do remember seeing the comics. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I remember we would all look at each other's comics. They were never funny. Yeah. But it was still exciting to get them. It's kind of like when you get a Kinder Surprise and the toy is not, not great, so awesome. But you're still so excited to get it. Yeah. We should do an episode on Kinder Surprise eggs. <gasps> It, no, instantly when you said Kinder Surprise, I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But then, yeah, it's got the whole interesting story behind it. And our American listeners will not know what a Kinder Surprise egg is. Yeah, we have no idea what it is. Okay. So keep that in mind. So crazy. You have gummy bears, right? Oh, we have gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> Goldfish? Oh, yeah. Teddy Grahams? Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. We're still on the yep. same page. Yep. Yeah, I actually haven't been able to chew gum in over seven years now. Is it because of your jaw? Yeah. So for my listeners that don't know, I ridiculously dislocated my jaw seven years ago by yawning. I really wish I was joking or exaggerating. I'm not. I was yawning and I dislocated my jaw. So if you'd like to write to Fakri, please write into us at feedback at foodnonfiction.com. And if you haven't had a chance to rate us on iTunes yet, please go to iTunes and rate us. We really appreciate it. And just let us know how we're doing. And we read every single review, whether it's from Canada or the United States. Sometimes I check UK and Australia. So if you write a review, you will be guaranteed that both Fakri and I will have read the review. And we will be glowing over your lovely words. So thanks so much, Food Buffs. We hope you have a great week and happy chewing. Bye. Bye.